0: It's time for JT the Brick. Receiver from the University of Colorado,
1: number 21, Cliff Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch. Pucket drops back to pass, steps up, he looks, over
2: the middle, he's got it, touchdown Raiders! It's caught by Cliff Branch! The summer of Cliff, Cliff Branch, all summer long. JT the Brick.
1: Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. Big, back to pass, big out, cut the deep for, Brand. It for 20, but 10, but so, What
2: separated Cliff was he was an amazing, meticulous route runner.
1: As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now,
2: here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, hour number two of the JT The Brick Show here on 920 AM Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm here, Ruiz, your fill-in host for JT, who today is in SoCal. He's in L.A. taking care of business. I'm here filling in his shoes for the day. I'll be back on Friday, and JT is here tomorrow hosting, of course, his show before Heading out to St. Louis to talk with those Cardenales, play-by-play announcer, Polo Asensio. We got our first call of day on the line. We got Mitch from New Jersey. I know we were talking hoops, Mitch, and you love hoops. How you doing, man?
3: How you doing, uh, Harry Luis? Luis? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Good to hear you on the radio. Thank you, man. Uh,
2: What's on your mind?
3: Yeah, uh, first, I, I think they better expand baseball and basketball to Las Vegas. Hold on one second. Um, here, we'll, we'll <laughs> I a little work here. That's uh, good. Two at once. I'm sorry. Uh, the guy has a span. Don't wait for the Pelicans to go belly up once Zion's uh, not earning that contract. I don't know what he did, but I wish I could do the same. Uh, the Nets is that joke, They also have to try to get rid of Ben Simmons. They got that. They, they should have some leverage over Kevin Durant, but um. I think he should get his way. I hope they trade uh, uh, Kyrie Irving to a last-class team, but we know only the Lakers are, uh, are uh, sticking out the lines for him. And he's going to want to be a you Lakers know, somehow.
2: Hey, you guys might and end up, the, I, I the Nets say, might end up with Westbrook in a trade for Kyrie with the Lakers.
3: I'd rather have Westbrook than Kyrie. At least Westbrook comes to play, and he plays hard all the time. And I got to say this, it's funny to say this, but I don't think he need any of these guys. I think we'll set. Harry,
2: thanks for taking my call. Uh, Of of course, brother. Thank you so much for that call. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting what's going to happen with KD, what's going to happen with Kyrie, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, Brooklyn Nets. They're a franchise that just seems to be doomed. They did that trade for KG and Paul Pierce, and they gave up all those draft picks to Boston, who made it to the NBA Finals this year. And meanwhile, the Nets... They weren't able to pick up steam with that duo. And then they end up winning the Kevin Durant lottery. And they got him injured. They know that he was not healthy when he was uh, arrived via free agency. And now he wants to be traded. It's crazy what's happening out there at the Barclays Center at Brooklyn. It's ridiculous. And we'll see what happens with the Nets. But... Now we're gonna switch gears and we're gonna go from talking basketball for with Mitch from New Jersey to talking a little bit of baseball with Polo Asensio, play by play announcer for the Saint Louis Cardinals and Espanol
0: para Edmen. batazo Vámonos. de línea, elevado, jardín Vámonos. derecho, para atrás el escardinero, para atrás, ¡Ay! se acabó el juego, el ¡Woo! primer cuadrangular para terminar juego de Tommy Edmund, es aquí, es ahora, los cardenales de San Luis le dan la vuelta al marcador en la novena entrada, un batazo bien bestia de quien, de la bestia Tommy Edmund, le da la victoria a los cardenales, cuatro ¡Woo! carreras por tres.
2: Polo Asensio, there's no better way to introduce you, brother, than showing your work because everything's better in Spanish. But even better when you got a great announcer on the air. And the Cardinals—they won the lottery with you. How are you, Polo?
0: Hey, Harry. Uh, as I as I say all the time, porque en español todos escucha mejor. Because in Spanish, everything sounds better. Even even I mean, I don't want to get tragic, but even tragedies sound a lot better in Spanish. But I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the chance. And you know, like I told you yesterday when, when we were texting, um, I, I, I'm not going to say I grew up listening to JT The Brick Show, but back in, in my, my days, you know, my, my graveyard days, working as a custodian at night here in Santa Barbara or at home, back home in Santa Barbara, uh, I used to listen to JT every single night. So to me, this is, this is basically, uh, I'm not going to say a dream come true, but as close as it gets, Full circle, my man. Full
2: circle. Thank hey, you. One of these days you're going to be on with JT, but for now it's with me, brother. So we'll yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll take it on. If you want to tell that story, because I've read it tons of times from St. Louis today, because you're the American dream. Like not long ago, less than 10 years ago, you were working as a custodian at times and you were listening to sports talk radio and you earned a chance. Can you tell the story real quick?
0: Not at times. I mean, that was my gig. That was my job. From from 3 until 11.30, I used to clean basically anything and everything at the uh, Santa Barbara County Education Office building. And, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who throws uh, your trash away when the toilet needs paper. I'm the one with the key to the toilet paper and all that good stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a long story. And like you said, thank you for reading it. Thank you for bringing it up. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that because... That's who I am. Just who I am. I, I've always been somebody who I've never. I've never hid. I never hide from the truth or from from my my my, my reality or my story. When people sometimes, oh, hey, you used to be a custodian, man, isn't that like, like, wow, like down there? I'm like, what do you mean down there? I mean, it's a job. You know, it's a job. It's it's something that you do uh, 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 every day with with love, with passion. Believe me. The same way I called that home run from Tommy Edman, who, by the way, is a Chargers fan from San Diego. I just wanted to say that um, the same, the same passion. I did that call. That's the same passion I used to clean my toilets and to clean my offices, my carpets, my windows. And I think uh, you know, one thing led to another. Listening to sports radio, like I said to JT the Brick and a bunch of others that that are still doing it, um, I learned a lot, and I learned about the passion. And not because this is JT the Brick show and. I mean, even though you are not JT, you also have your story, and I appreciate your story very much. And, and you know that you know, we, we've known each other for a while. And, and uh, the, the way he did it, you know, the way he did it, the way he called in shows and, and, and found a way to get in somebody's uh, studio in front of a microphone and basically made a career out of it, that's, that's the way it is. You know, People tell, like you just said, I'm, I'm the American dream. I am one of the many American dreams that are on radio every day. Sometimes
2: people just forget that. Yeah, and JT is actually host he actually hosted the Jim Rome show today, and that's where he started his career. So full circle everywhere. So Polo, you're from TJ. Border right there with San Diego. That was a huge rivalry in the NFL, Oakland against San Diego, LA against San Diego, Raiders against Chargers. You looking from the out from the outside looking in. What was your opinion about those big rivalries, whenever they face each other off in Qualcomm and all the previous names that it used to have,
0: it was crazy. It was crazy. Jack Murphy Stadium. Don't forget that, 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 that the that
2: the real one should
0: have not ne- should have never been Qualcomm. Jack Murphy Stadium. For as far as I know, uh, it was crazy. It was it was great. I actually had a chance to go to a couple Chargers Raiders Raiders Chargers, and yeah, man. I mean, you know it. You you're part of it. Uh, Raider nature. They travel and they travel not just to go and, and cheer and sit down and clap, they travel and they get noticed. And when they arrived in San Diego every single year when they came to play the Chargers, it was, it was, a, it was a show. I enjoyed it. As much as I hated the, the, the Raiders beating the Chargers or having you know, 65 70% of the stadium chant Raiders at any time during the game, especially at the end if they won, it, to me, that was great because that's passion, and that's what I have. That's what, I, that's what we were talking about right now. The passion some people put into the teams, into their, their games, into their life, that's, that's great. And I will never knock down a fan for being passionate. And, I mean, football fans are as passionate as they can. Uh, football and soccer fans, to me, they are the most passionate fans at any sport, and, and I enjoy it very much. Even if they are chanting against the team that I, that I go for. And there was a lot of times where Raider fans basically just took over the streets of San Diego and they took over the streets of Tijuana because, you know, they will go down to revolution Avenue, take a picture on the, uh, on the zebra donkey or the donkey dressed as a zebra, whatever you want to call it. <laughs>
3: and,
0: and, and it was, it was fun. It was a fun weekend for me growing up in Tijuana, looking at all the Raider fans and then watching the games. It, it was a lot of fun. And, and I think, that at the end, that's that's what it's all about. It's about having fun, representing your team. And yes, I know once in a while there is a brawl here and there, but hey, I will never get into 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 violence because of sports or because of the, the team that I like. But I enjoyed it very very much, and I still do. I still do even now. The the Raiders are in Oakland, which I mean, in in Vegas, which I think is perfect for them. And, and the Chargers are in L.A. Still the same thing. It's still Chargers. It's still Raiders. It's still it's, it is still a big rivalry.
2: Absolutely, and you brought up out there in Tijuana, the Raider Nation would also invade even during the Super Bowl, the day before the Super Bowl, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You bring up the NFL down there in Mexico. Can you talk about how the league is evolving in the Hispanic community, mostly out there in Mexico, but also in Central America, South America, you that you've lived it?
0: I mean, we've had players, and especially kickers, I'm from basically anywhere, Guatemala, Honduras, Salvador, obviously from Mexico too, and some players now from Mexico. And, and I played football in high school. Like a lot of people don't realize that football is huge in Mexico, not just American football or, or the NFL, but playing down there in Mexico from, from Little League, from six, seven, eight. basically the same thing you do in the United States, we do down in Mexico. And I say we do because I, I go there quite often and, and I see it. There's even a couple of, uh, of professional leagues right now, obviously not as uh, evolved or as strong as the NFL, but a lot of the players that have no room in NFL uh, practice quads or Canadian football, they go play in Mexico, and it's a national league. So, so NFL football, or yeah, let's just say football, it's huge in Mexico. Everywhere you go, Harry, everywhere you go, there's always a flag of one team or the other, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Steelers. The Niners, you know, obviously in the border with the Chargers. But also, like I said now, the National, the National League in Mexico is growing, and I think that only helps the NFL.
2: Now i got to ask you two delicate questions regarding teams relocating <laughs> and both of them going to L.A. So being a T.J. San Diego border town guy, a native from the area, were, did you feel betrayed when the Chargers left? I
0: didn't, but the, it's, it's a very simple reason because – I was born and raised in Tijuana, Mexico. Right now, I live in Santa Barbara, which is closer to L.A. than it is to San Diego. So, to me, if I want to go to a Charger game, it's a lot closer now to go to SoFi, Inglewood, L.A., whatever you want to call it, than going all the way down to Jack Murphy Stadium, where they used to play. Yes, I miss it. I do miss going to Jack Murphy Stadium, but it is what it is, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what it is. I mean, the, the Chargers, we all know they needed a stadium, just like the Raiders needed stadium in Oakland. They couldn't find somebody to to put the money down or they couldn't find the city's uh, backing. That's what happened in San Diego. And what happened in San Diego? is We didn't find the backing of the city or the community like the Padres did to get their new stadium downtown in in, uh, Petco. So now what do do you do? Do you stay there or do you go somewhere else? To me, the, 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 the problem was getting a stadium in L.A. with another team and not only that, but going to a city that you know is already owned by, by the Raiders and the Rams. Because like it or not, there's a lot of Rams fans in L.A. still. Even though when they moved to St. Louis, a lot of them were mad. So I think that, is, that was the big mistake. That was a huge mistake going to L.A. But it is what it is. They are now there. And they're going to be there for a while. So it's um, you know, either like it or not, the Chargers are there. Do I like it? Like I said, it's a lot closer to home, so I can drive and come back in the same day. But do I wish they stayed in San Diego? Of course, yes.
2: Absolutely. And now you're in St. Louis during half of baseball season, and you feel the warmth of the community, and you (laughs) got them measured. Are they still pissed off the Rams left?
0: (laughs) That's why I laughed when you say the warmth of the community. Um, If you want to get in trouble in, in St. Louis, Harry, where you go, you can even wear the Cubs gear because, as you know, the, the Cubs are the big rival. Yeah, huge. The big rival for, for, the, uh, for the Cardinals. But if you want to piss somebody off, just say something nice about Stan Kroenke. Say something nice about the <laughs> Kroenke family, about Stan Kroenke. And I kid you not, somebody is going to yell at you. Somebody is going to threaten you. And somebody is going to tell you things about your mom and your dad and your dog and your family that you never heard before. Um, I still do not understand it because that is basically the same way the Rams left L.A. the first time, where Georgia basically just took the team and went. And not only that, but when they won the title, the the Super Bowl over there, she said, this is the reason why we left L.A. or this is the reason why we came to St. Louis. And, I mean, I tell people all the time, because I do do wear some uh, Rams gears once in a while, and, and you know, when when they were all the way to the Super Bowl, a couple of tweets here and there, and people came at me, but I'm like, dude, you know, 15, 20 years ago when they left, you were happy, and a lot of my friends were mad. Well, now my friends are happy, and you are mad. That's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be. So I, I, I've seen it. I've heard it. I, I I understand it a little bit, but you know what? More than hate towards the Rams, I think the hate and the dislike is for Stan Kroenke and nobody else. And to make it even better or worse, this year, the Colorado Avalanche, another team owned by Stan Kroenke, eliminated the St. Louis Blues from the Stanley Cup finals. And not only that, but they won the title. So uh, that, that just put a little more salt into the wound of uh, St. Louis sports fans.
2: It's like he wins the Super Bowl, he wins the <laughs> Stanley Cup. It's like, what's hey, he, next, he right?
0: He won, he won. He, he's, you know, like it or not, again, I mean, I know I've said that a lot, like it or not. But like it or not, the guy has the money. The guy can do basically what he wants. They allow him to do it. He did it. He keeps winning. As long as he keeps winning, he's going to say, I told you so, and I told you so.
2: We're talking with Polo Asensio, Spanish radio announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Check out at Cardinales on Twitter. Whenever the Cardinals play a home game, they post his highlights in Spanish, which are fantastic. So, Polo, you've been out there with the Cardinals since 2016, and every year your number of games were increasing, and now you pretty much call every home game for the Cardinals. How has that experience been for you?
0: It's been great. It's been great. Born and raised in Tijuana, Mexico, growing up, listening to some of the great voices from the San Diego Padres, Mario Tomas, Eduardo Ortega, and then moving north and, and becoming a, a, a Dodger fan back in 1981 when Fernando came about and listening to René Cárdenas and, of course, Jaime Jarrín and also Pepe Inigas now. Um, it, it's been great. You know, it's, it's a dream that I never had. It's, it's, this is something that I still pinch myself whenever I walk from my apartment to Bush Stadium in San Louis. It's still like, is this really happening? Like, is this really me? And, and yeah, it is. It is. And I'm enjoying it and having a lot of fun. Uh, the last couple of years, you know, the team has been winning, you know, sadly not all the way to the World Series, especially last season was, was a bit of a downer to, to be, uh, to be eliminated by the Dodgers and uh, walk up home run by Chris Taylor. But it's been fun, man. Uh, like you said, we started in 2016, two games in September of 2016, just as a test, just as a, hey, let's, let's do this uh, for fun for, her, for our Hispanic, uh, Hispanic uh, pop, uh, population, Hispanic fan base, that's what the Cardinals said, to moving on next year to doing 18 games, then 40 games, then 60 games, then all the way to 81 home games plus uh, road trips uh, for the playoffs. And perhaps you know, this season being the last season for Albert Pujols, Gary Molina, and who knows, maybe even Adam Wainwright, we might do a couple of road games here and there at the end of the season. And it's been, it's been great. It's been great, Harry. And uh, I think this is just the beginning of something even better.
2: Yeah, and there are squads both in NFL and Major League Baseball, and you can even add other sports, where the Spanish radio announcers, they work directly with the radio station. They don't work for the team. You guys... Both you and Benji, Benji Molina, former major leaguer. He's your broadcast partner. You guys are with the team, and you're treated like family by them. And now you even have the opportunity to spread the love. I saw that you got a program going on that brings in Latino kids into the stadium at Bush Stadium to watch the games. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Of course, and thanks for bringing that up. I didn't know you were going to, and I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, growing up in Tijuana, not having a hell of a lot, uh to 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 spread or to to share with the neighbors or whatever uh my mom my dad and ourselves we did whatever we could to uh not to survive but to basically tell people hey if you need a little something something come here you know we might be able to help you and working with the dodgers for a few years and then with the cardinals i always looked at the initiatives by the uh, by the players the ticket programs and a couple of years ago, I noticed that our English broadcaster, uh, TV, TV guy, Danny Mack, Dan McLaughlin, he started, or he was doing one ticket program also. So I said, hey, so broadcasters can do this. I didn't think about that. So I, I approached the right people with the Cardinals care, and we came about a program for this season. My only requirement was whatever groups we invite, I want to see who they are before they come to the stadium. And if I have some groups, I will bring them up myself. And the, the one thing that I really want is to see Latino kids because there's not obviously not as much as Vegas or L.A., Chicago, San Diego, uh, Latinos in San Louis, but we are there. It's just a matter of feeling the love and feeling invited, and that's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing with the Cardinals. And we, we had one last month. We have one coming up, our next homestand. And it's going to be at least one group every month for the rest of the season. And then next season, we'll see where we go from, from with that. But I love it. I love to see their faces. And, and it's just moments that those kids and the parents, they will never forget. They'll never forget when they were uh, on Bush, at Bush Stadium, on the field, during BP, enjoying a game, a hot dog, a soda. And, and quick story, uh, when we had this group come this month, this last month, there was two girls from Nicaragua. They just moved from Nicaragua to St. Louis about six months ago, and they love baseball. So they were crying on the field. They didn't want to leave. They basically, you know, they, they were living a dream that they never had. And I said, you know what? That's me. Me too. Let's, let's keep dreaming together. And that's what we're doing.
2: Yeah, and I saw that the players, some of the players approached them and took pictures and signed autographs for them. But the yeah. kids were excited about meeting you too. They took pictures yeah. with you and you signed their autographs. So I'm, I'm happy for you, Polo, because giving back to the community is always something very, very important. And someone that has given a lot to the community has been Albert Pujols, of course. Yes. Longtime Cardinal, went to the Angels. Last year with the Dodgers, and now he's back home with the Cardinals his last year. Who would should the commissioner pick to go to the All-Star game? He can pick a player to go to the All-Star game on each team. Should it be Yachty with all his records as a catcher? Should it be Pujols? If you were the commissioner, where would you go? I know you're close with both, but if you had to pick, who, who would it be? Uh,
0: if I ha- Let's just say I'm the commissioner. Both of them are going to be there.
2: There that's you it. go. That's that's, a,
0: that's, <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say. You know, it's not an official word. But all I'm saying is, if I'm the commissioner, I am inviting both of them because we are never going to see somebody like Javier Molina playing almost 20 years with the same franchise, and not only playing 20 years, almost 20 years, but at the level. You know, the 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 gold gloves, the platinum gloves, the silver sluggers, the world series, all the crazy plays that we've seen him do and, and come about, we don't see that often. And when we do, we see it from a guy who does it one, two, three years. I mean not to not to, you know, put anything on anybody, but look at, you know, Buster Posey, Wilson Contreras, guys that we've seen it we they do it for one or two years, three, five years maybe. But to do it fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years, that's crazy. And the numbers that Albert Pujols is playing, we're talking about Babe Ruth. When we talk about uh, Albert Pujols, we're talking about Babe Ruth. We're talking about Stan Musial. We're talking about, like it or not, Barry Bonds. We're talking about those big names that some of them have, are long gone. Others just passed by the last you know, couple of decades. We might not see somebody like this guy because even though at the end of his career he was injured a lot, he's still that close to 700 home runs. I mean, you could be Mike Trout or anybody else right now, and even if you put them 10 years from now, those numbers are not going to compare to Albert Pujol. So if I'm the commissioner, I'm going to say, hey, you guys, your best friends, you can, you can hitch a ride, right? You can, you can ride the same uh, plane out of, out of St. Louis on the last game before the All-Star break. Why don't you come to L.A. and, by the way, bring Polo with you. That'll be fun.
2: There you go. Of course, yeah, and I love seeing all the interviews that you do with them and all the great work you do. Where can fans follow you on social media, Polo? I know you got Twitter, you got Instagram. Both are different handles, so where can folks follow your work?
0: Very simple. Thank you again, uh, Harry. Uh, Instagram, Polo's View with an S between Polo and View. And Twitter, just my name, Polo Asensio. You can find a couple of things there. My Instagram is going to be filled with food. With my dogs, with family, Cardinals baseball, trips to Tijuana, and just anything. Cause I, you know, I, I like to, I like to bring people into my world. And it's a lot of fun, the reaction that I get from, from, from people when, when they see what I post on my Instagram. Twitter, you know, it's a little more professional, a little more, hey, this is happening, that is happening. But at the end, there's always something entertaining in the Twitter world. And, and again, I appreciate you. You're invited. Thank you so much again.
2: Of course, at Polo Asensio on Twitter. Follow him there. He does a fantastic job. If you got MLB TV, you can watch the game on the Cardinals. Uh, what is it? Bally's, I think.
0: Yeah, ba- yeah, Bally's Bally Sports Midwest. You can watch it there. And, and then, then just, switch the audio yeah. to
2: Espanol, to Spanish, and listen to Polo and Benji. They do a fantastic job. Polo Asensio, mi hermano. Thank you so much, and hopefully we can have you on the air one of these days with JT. Hey, why not?
0: Thank you. Gracias, Harry. Have a good one.
2: Thank you so much to Polo Asensio, Spanish play-by-play announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals, joining the JT The Brick Show here today on a Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. We're less than a month away from the Raiders' first preseason game of the year Raiders against Jaguars Hall of Fame game on August 4th let's go to a break Raider Nation and we'll be right back with your calls 702-365-9200 call in right now and I'll put you on the air right after the break
3: You know i think i got frustrated with it not happening before uh you know like mini camp and all those things uh, but that's, that's the stuff that's out of my control and so you know let those things happen and, and fall into place and so right now i'm just controlling what i can and, and enjoying this no I, I think for that to happen there would have to be some reaching out but uh, we're ready to move on i think on both sides
2: both sides were ready to move on and they did right there you heard Baker Mayfield, the number one overall draft pick in the 2018 NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. Well, he's on the move. The Carolina Panthers are his new squad, his new destination. They will pay close to $5 million of Mayfield's 2022 salary, while the Browns will pay $10.5 million. This way, shredding a bit over eight million dollars in cash and salary cap space. Why? Because Mayfield agreed to forego almost three and a half million dollars of his salary to get this deal done. All three parties wanted to get this deal done, and everybody sacrificed a little bit of everything. The Panthers, they'll still pay some money. The Browns will pay some pay a lot of money, over ten million dollars but they will get some money back in cash and salary cap space. So that's a win for them. While Baker Mayfield will lose some money, he has the opportunity pretty much clinched to be able to start during the 2022 season and most importantly, leave Cleveland. And I'm not talking about the city. I'm talking about the franchise, the franchise is, showed what they wanted to do once they started talking to Baker Mayfield, sorry, to Deshaun Watson, without even talking to Baker Mayfield about it. Mayfield found out online, and he's like, wait, you're bringing in Watson? What about me? And it's like, so, yeah, it's kind of awkward, but we're looking to date somebody else. And then they ended up getting into a relationship with someone else while they're stu- they still got you on the roster. So that was pretty uncomfortable for Baker Mayfield. And now Baker got shipped. And Baker, he's going to be out there in Carolina for the 2022 season. And it depends. What Baker Mayfield are we going to get? The 2020 Baker Mayfield or the Baker Mayfield we saw last year? He needs to be healthy to be out there on the field. And guess what? Add more intrigue to week one in the NFL season because on September 11th at 10 in the morning, the Cleveland Browns, we still don't know who their starting quarterback will be that day because Deshaun Watson, will he get suspended? It's almost a certainty that he will get suspended. And if he does, he's going to miss week one. So the Cleveland Browns are going to visit the Carolina Panthers led by Baker Mayfield. At the moment, Jacoby Brissett is the backup in Cleveland. So, Deshaun Watson, he's awaiting the deliberation to see his potential suspension, how long or how short it's going to be. Is it going to be a full year? Is he going to get a negotiation done and miss 10 games or 6 games? We're waiting to see what happens with that. But I think this is good for Raider Nation because I prefer the Cleveland Browns playing with Jacoby Brissett as a backup than having the Cleveland Browns playing with Baker Mayfield as a backup. And I think their odds are going to lessen once we find out what goes down with Deshaun Watson and how long Jacoby Brissett is going to be playing on the field. So it's definitely going to be interesting. The Browns, a lot of folks love the squad. Yeah, they got great pieces both on offense and also on defense, but You don't feel that confident if they have Jacoby Brissett as their starter instead of Deshaun Watson. And something interesting I saw in some tweets on social media once they posted the Panthers made it official and posted that they were trading for Baker Mayfield. A lot of Browns fans were tweeting back at the the Panthers and saying, hey, do you accept fans from the Browns as well? Can we move? We want to go out there because we don't like what's going down with Deshaun Watson. We don't like that this team signed him and gave him all this guaranteed money. So they might not only get a quarterback. They might get some fans also moving out there to, well, not moving the Carolina, but changing their allegiance from being a dog pound guy to being a Panther guy. So we'll figure this out. I I was checking out. In the morning while I was here before the show and checking former number one draft picks because Baker Mayfield, he was a number one overall draft pick in 2018. There has been 15 drafts since 2008. 15 number one overall picks. And I'm going to give a pass right now to Trevor Lawrence who's coming off his rookie year, so he's only been in the league one season. And, of course, Trayvon Walker, who was just elected two months ago, so he still hasn't made his debut in the NFL. So the list trims down from 15 to 13. Out of those 13 guys, 10 have at least a Pro Bowl appearance. Two of them have won the Super Bowl, Matt Stafford and Eric Fisher. Another has played in it just last year, Joe Burrow. Three rookies of the year, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, one MVP, Cam. The only one out of the 13 first overall picks from 2008 through 2020 without any of these accolades, Baker Mayfield. So he, the only thing he has under his belt right now that you can say, all right, he did this was win a playoff game, which, by the way, for the Browns, it was huge. It was like them winning the Super Bowl because they hadn't won a playoff game in 26 years, and they wanted it so bad. So Baker Mayfield, first overall pick, and now he's on the move. He has a new squad. He has a new team, and we'll figure out if it was a good move or not for the Carolina Panthers at the moment. I think it's, it's good for them. I mean, what would you prefer? to have as your play caller on the field? Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? Because that's the reality. One of those two guys is going to start it off. We know that they also have someone right there waiting for his opportunity. Matt Corral, former Ole Miss quarterback. He got drafted by the Panthers. Had to wait all the way till the third round. Pick 94, he got selected. So he's the future. That's what the Panthers hope. But for now, this opportunity is going to get fought out between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And in my opinion, Baker Mayfield, he has the head start on being able to be the starter for them. What are the Panthers sending over to Cleveland? A fifth round draft pick. A conditional draft fifth round draft pick that can become a fourth round draft pick depending on playing times and accomplishments that Baker Mayfield gets during the 2022 season. How crazy is that? A number one overall draft pick after four years gets traded for a five and then you still got to pay him more than half of his salary just to get rid of him. But that was what the Cleveland Browns decided to do once they started talking with Deshaun Watson because once the reports came out of, hey, the Texans are talking with the Browns, the Browns are talking with Deshaun, something might happen or can happen, and it wasn't even official, and Baker Mayfield had already written his goodbye note to Cleveland and his thank yous to the Browns fans. You broke his heart, Cleveland Browns. He was gone before you even had a new quarterback. And now you guys are just waiting and seeing like everybody else. Check if something is going to happen with Deshaun Watson regarding that suspension that we all feel is definitely going to happen. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by the M Resort, the best in gaming, entertainment, dining, and more. Visit the M Resort Casino today, located on the South Las Vegas Strip off of I-15. M Resort Spa and Casino offers nonstop entertainment. And for Raiders fans, which I hope most of you guys listening to the show today are, you you can go and check out the Raiders Tavern and Grill fantastic, great food. Everything around you is silver and black. Plus, the couple of times I've been out there to eat, I bumped into uh, Mark Davis. So you might end up even getting a photo op with the boss, with El Jefe, the owner of the franchise of the Raiders and the Las Vegas Aces. So check it out. Visit the M Resort. Have a great time. Depending on what you're looking for in Vegas, you can get it all out there at the M Resort. Tell me what you think about Baker Mayfield. Do you think it helps the Raiders that he's gone from the division and now the Browns are waiting to see who their quarterback is going to be in week one? Let me know. 702-365-9200 on social media, at Harry Ruiz. On Twitter, H-A-R-R-Y-R-U-I-Z. On Instagram, Harry underscore Ruiz. We're going to go to another break, Raider Nation, and we're going to close the show talking some baseball. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. I don't want to hope or think about anything i just want to go day by day and, and be back when i can whenever i feel healthy whenever that is to help this team win you know if we're in it if we're out of it i'm going to come back and play no matter what just so i know that i can go out there and play the game i want to get back just like everybody knows i want to play i out there with my teammates and grinding each day Bryce harper vegas native las vegas high school graduate talking about his broken left thumb that he suffered off of a pitch from Blake Snell from the San Diego Padres last week. He had three pins inserted into his thumb. And Bobby, our producer here on Raider Nation Radio, and myself, we were talking yesterday, and I was like, yeah, his season's done. I don't think he's going to come back. And he just said he's vowing to come back. He wants to come back. I was saying, Bobby, I don't think the Phillies will have hopes of making it to the playoffs. Would you risk him?
1: Well, I wouldn't. But I mean, that again, I mean, I'm not Bryce Harper. You know, I mean, there are athletes out there that are just so conditioned to competition, they don't know how to do anything else. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure as they're sewing up the guy's thumb and sticking the pins in and whatnot, you know, in his head, he's going, okay, I can in three weeks, I should be, I can move my thumb. Yeah, okay, four weeks, I'll be back
2: but it's not the same deal. Once it's a broken thumb and you saw the pain in his face, the moment the ball hit his hand and he went over to his dugout and he was screaming at Blake Snell, which by the way, these two guys played travel ball when they were kids, when they were younger, they know each other. And he was,
1: well, well, Blake Snell ran up and started apologizing too. And he's like, I'm good. I'm good. Just go away. Yeah. Harper
2: at first was like screaming at him like, Hey, this, this and that. And then he was like, Hey, No worries. It's all good. It's all good. But it's the frustration at first because baseball players, athletes in general, they know their body. When they feel something that's bad, they know it's bad. Other times you see a player get hit in the back and it's like, oh, all right, I'll walk to first. You're
1: going to have a bruise for a couple days. Yeah, but
2: I can keep playing. Harper, the moment the ball hit him, you knew it was something that was going to keep him out of, Action for a while, and we hope him the best. We hope he gets back in action this season. At the moment, the Philadelphia Phillies, they got the last playoff spot in the National League. 43 wins, 38 losses, a .531 winning average. But the St. Louis Cardinals are right behind them, .530. So it's super close. Let's see how far the Phillies can go. Without their stud, without their star, without one of the best players in baseball. Well,
1: it's the same thing as in any other sport. Next man up. This is the time where Reese Hoskins and those guys got to step up and deliver.
2: Exactly. And so far, the... Phillies, they got JT Real Muto stepping up, and that's the guy that they're relying on right now. So we'll keep a close eye on them. Of course, we love keeping eye on the Vegas kids.
1: That would be kind of a scary thing if it wasn't for the fact that Real Muto used to play for the Florida Marlins. He was just about an all-star. I think he's a good for a good 20, 25 homers a year.
2: Exactly. That's true. So we'll keep an eye on that. Bryce Harper, we hope he can come back. It's going to be tough. I don't think he can come back until towards the end of the season because it's Something very, very... And he was already banged up. He was playing as the DH because he couldn't play in the outfield because he was hurt. So add another... Add insult to
1: injury with that hit by pitch. You know There are certain players out there that they're just going to go for it no matter what until you physically shut them down. I got a feeling Harper's going to be one of those.
2: Exactly. He shows heart, and that's something that the fans got to respect. And of course, here in his hometown, we respect it and a lot. Right now, the NL East is crazy. The Mets... They got the best record in the division, 50 wins, 31 win losses. Then the Braves, the defending World Series champions, 48 and 34, and the Phillies, five, four four and a half games behind them at 43 and 38. Somebody in the American League that's getting smoke up you know where and that everybody loves that team. And if I go on ESPN, they got stories on stories on stories on stories about him, are the Ange- Anaheim Angels. I can't call them the LA Angels. They're not from LA. They're from Anaheim. They're Orange County. What's the big deal about the Angels? Shohei Ohtani. Uh huh. The and? greatest since Babe Ruth and uh-huh. this and that. And they got Mike Trout. Uh-huh. Best. Be- I'll, I'll say it. Mike Trout, uh-huh. best baseball player alive. Yeah, sure. Winning the playoffs, dude.
1: Well, they also got Nova Syndergaard, too. He's having an up year. Exactly. For Syndergaard.
2: I know Rendon got hurt and he's out for the rest of the season, but next man up. The Angels right now are playing the Miami Marlins, Marlins. I was about to say Dolphins. I was like, no, it's another fish. And this happened last night. The pitch is lined to center again. Sanchez comes on. Sanchez makes the catch to end the ball game. And the Marlins hang on for a 2-1 win. With that defeat, the Angels are now 37-45. .451 winning percentage. Every single team in the AL East has a better record, including the Baltimore Orioles. Mm. When you're worse than the Baltimore Orioles, you know you're in trouble. But that's that's the perpetual mediocrity that is the Angels. Exactly.
1: You so, know, I mean, you take this guy, Trout, I mean, God bless him. I mean, he's the best player in the league or whatever the case may be, fine, okay? Never going to get a ring, never going to get a playoff series win, I'm What's like, gonna do? I mean, if, if, if I was Mike Trout, why are you not over there bitching and moaning and pissing that you want to get traded tomorrow? And the thing I, I hate
2: is I go on the ESPN app, and always, every single day, there's an Angels article. I'm mm-hmm. like, why? Because they get clicks from the fans wanting to read about Shohei and Mike yeah, Trout and everything, terrific. and they're trying to find the new face of baseball. I'm like,
1: God. You know, let me tell you something, honestly. You know who's having a hell of a year? Anthony Rizzo. That kid is smacking the bleep out of the ball, man. That guy's doing a hell of a job. You know what? Him by himself is not going to win any kind of rings. You've got to have a team behind you. And that's the problem with the Angels. Okay, Trout, best player, allegedly, whatever. And then you have Otani. Okay, fine. He can pitch and he can hit. Yeah, both slightly better than average. But what about the other seven guys on the field? Exactly. You know, I mean, th- th- this is something I've noticed in sports recently. You go out and spend all your money on three or four superstars, and then you got no money left, and you're filling it out with AAA guys. And then you're like, well, what we, we did our best. We gave this guy his money and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, when you got the third string catcher from your AA coming out, come on. You really think that's going to win? It's
2: tough to produce that way. you got
1: you got to have a solid team. With solid, you know, not superstars, but solid, decent, respectable players across the board. That's what's going to win.
2: The Yankees, last night, they took the L. They were defeated.
1: I knew there was something good that made me feel good last night. I couldn't <laughs> think of what it was. That must have been it.
2: Let's hear those Pirates get the win with those Buccos. They lost to the Pirates? Strike three, Call. Frozen with a curveball. Judge strikes out looking... And the Pirates beat the New York Yankees five to two to open up this series. The Almighty New York Yankees with the best record in baseball, took the defeat against the Pittsburgh Pirates that are 33 and 47 this year. But the Yankees, they've lost three of their last five and they still got the best record in baseball, 58 wins, 23 defeats, six out of the last they've won six out of their last 10 games in the, the last couple of weeks. But the Dodgers, they got theirs. They got a W. They got a win. Oh, what a shot by Mookie Betts. 10-12 rows back into the pavilion and left
0: his 18th home run of the year, and the Dodgers take a 3-1 lead.
2: Mookie Betts, since he came back on July 3rd on Monday, sorry, on Sunday, he's got four hits. On a total of 11 at-bats. He got that home run yesterday. The Dodgers got the win, and they got the best record in the National League East and the National League at the moment. So baseball is starting to heat up. The All-Star Game is right around the corner. It's going to be interesting. Some of the players that get voted, some of the ones that don't, and we'll keep an eye on that situation with Albert Pujols. I think he's going to get that call from the commissioner telling him, you're going to the All-Star Game. Well, I had to get some baseball in, Raider Nation. And, of course, I know you guys love the Dodgers, a lot of you. Some of you guys like the the A's, who unfortunately right now got the worst record in baseball. We'll see what happens with them. This was the JT The Brick Show. Q is coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio with Unnecessary Roughness. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. JT is back tomorrow.